Welcome to Set Meals, a food show led by the insatiable hunger of its hosts. I'm Samuel Ashton. And I'm Taylor Fawcett. And we're two people that have built this food podcast on the seemingly well-seasoned foundations of our love of feasting. We're incredibly hungry. Most of the time. And we, much like you, probably, we're incredibly intrigued by the moments that surround mealtimes. If you're here for food content that stories the superiority of a chiffonade, that delves into the salt curing process of a confit, or explains the beauty of a white truffle as eloquently as Giles Corrin, you're in the wrong place. We do rival Corrin on the use of profanities, though. Profanities everyone is fing pod. No, this podcast is about the real shit. The waiter that forgets to put your fourth beer on the bill. The beauty of an egg mayo sandwich at midnight. The satisfaction of being able to see the chef slide your pizza into the oven. Set Meals is a food show about celebrating good times with good people. An audio experiment brought to you by two friends who, despite not knowing that much about food, do a good job of eating the stuff. Right. Another intro in the bag. Don't forget to go and check out our social channels at Set Meals Podcast on Instagram and Twitter for the kind of additional flavour usually found in the condiment caddy of your local weather spoons. Let's do it. Hello, mate. I've been on holiday again. You, I have, Sam. <laughs> I've been on holes. Taylor, you're always on holiday. Don't. That makes me sound bad. The uh, peek behind the curtain the listeners want is uh, the the basically when we have episodes that are really out on location. There's loads of atmospheric audio, and we use the word atmospheric because we're in advertising, so it just sounds a bit more fancy. Mm. It means we haven't had time to get in the studio. Yes. Hence why the last few episodes, we're in fact out of the studio. But we're back. We're back, baby. We are um, re- rejuvenated. You especially. You were a very busy man last few weeks. I was a busy man, uh, and then I went away for 10 days. And, Big holiday. And did absolutely not. I mean, did stuff, but... Ever since the Greece episode, I learned that you love a holiday doing nothing. Yeah. You waxed lyrical when you went to Greece. When you came back from Greece, you were like very pleased with how little you did in that holiday. Good friend of ours, Tom and LJ, got married uh, on the Saturday. And then we were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the wedding. And then Monday, my girlfriend's dad came out to meet us and we got a canal boat down through the south of France. That sounds bloody lovely. It was absolutely beautiful. Sounds so good. It was very whiny. One of my favourite things about going on holiday in Europe is the abundance in most European countries of garlic mayo. Yeah, the garlic mayo. More specifically, when aioli, more Mm. specifically, alioli, which is the yellow branded tub. Right, okay. What's the difference between aioli and alioli? Right. Aioli is basically just garlic mayo, right? And it's a specific speciality in... uh, Provence, mm-hmm. Provencal cooking, and in Catalan region in Spain. I can't tell if you're taking the piss. No, I, I was literally looking at it the other day. Okay. So the we basically, we landed in France, we met Benny and Lou at the airport, we drove to the little town near where we were staying. Basically, the, there were there were eight things on the menu, six of them were beef, one of them was a salad that it didn't say what was in it, and the other one was just this thing that said, uh, Provence speciality aioli, and that was all it said. I mean, fair. It's got your attention. You like aioli. Yeah. Also, you're you're thinking local delicacy. Right. Exactly. It was the it was the uh, dish of the day. Mm-hmm. So we thought every day. You will not believe the plate of food I've just eaten from Benny. When we Google, we were sort of googling, trying to find out what it was. Is this something we like? Th- this is where there's nothing about this on the internet. Well, all it says things. on the internet is it's a traditional Provencal dish, usually eaten on Fridays. That's all we could find. And then there was one picture on Google Images that was was a tub of aioli with like all this random shit around it that stuff you would know i'm normally dipping just like bread in there basically honestly like you could name any food and it would have been on this plate 
What the fuck is that? So that is the plat du jour, uh, dish of the day, which just said the words aioli next to it. So after a little Google, we couldn't really find what it was. Turns out it's literally just a massive tub of garlic mayo with loads of random stuff. And yes, in the corner, those are snails. Correction, they are not snails. They are whelks. Repeat, whelks. Well, well, whelk. There was a baked potato cut in half. There were carrots and courgette that had been cooked for about three years. And then there were these whelks. Well, we thought they were snails, but Ness corrected me and they were whelks. Well, well, well. Uh, I, feel, I just feel like there's no there's no place for a carrot and a courgette, a courgette especially. Courgette's fucking bullshit. But that dish, for me, that carrot and courgette is the most out of place. It was a heavily salted carrot and courgette, both cooked within an inch of their life, so they're really soft and slimy. Also, exactly, and So you, right? if you're dipping, well, you need some... Welk, no purchase, no purchase, right? Flappy, I, I imagine, not that I've eaten the welk. Courgette, nobody. Carrot, when it's cut like that, nobody. A fucking jack of potato, yeah, body, was, but too much of it, if it anything. Was, it was weird. I can literally feel the garlic in my breath. My breath is thicker because of garlic. Well, Saturday late afternoon, we went to the wedding, and the wedding was beautiful and it was great, but we're not here to talk about the wedding, we're here we're to not. talk about the food. So, after the ceremony and before the dinner, the dinner was quite late, they had like um, sort of canapes and picky bits and stuff. And it was the most polarizing experience because. One thing they bring out, they bring out like scallops wrapped in bacon, like quite, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. quite fancy. And then they bring out these, they have these little, um, little almost like tiny mini oven dishes about the size of a tablespoon. Right. And it had two little bits of filled pasta in, it had a cheesy sauce and a little fork. And it was like, it was like really fancy. Was it like one of those, like, you know, they make like, have you seen those videos when they like, they make dishes with like micro things? Was it like that? I haven't, but I want to. Have you not seen those? No. They make like mini ovens and they actually like, Cook stuff they'll make like oven. scrambled egg in like a mini frying pan and what they are the so, they're so small. They're like five millimeters long frying pan. Oh, I know. It wasn't that small. Dude, it's so weird. What am I watching? Although, that little spatula he's using is very much like the tiny forks at the wedding. It was. Uh, it looked more like a little uh, Japanese plastic model of food. Okay. Right. Uh, okay. And then they came out with mini burgers, with complete with sesame buns on cocktail sticks. Like, and when I say mini, I mean, do you remember those jelly burgers you used to get from the sweet yeah. shop? Yeah, like okay, good. And there were three big sauce pumps. Great size reference. Oh, yeah. How are they making the buns in that situation? Though? I don't know. I don't know whether whether there's a company producing the tiny burgers. Surely, surely. Or they're making them. Anyway, they were actually really good, little burgers. Imagine uh, getting like a little burrito of that size. Quite funny, wasn't it? Oh, a little bite. The best thing was, you Mini know food. you know, the pod is spreading because as soon as those little burgers came out, several people said to me, yeah, they go for the pod. Yeah, Plus, yeah I knew them right they are. Yeah. Sam's already got the WhatsApp message. Don't worry about that. What have you been up to? Absolutely nothing. Really? <laughs> I had quite. A, move on then, I had quite a, uh, quite a heavy eating weekend this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Del seventy four, which mm. is around the corner from my flat, and had it was Mexican Independence Day, so they had happy hour, extended happy hour. Ate too many tacos, felt pretty awful. Towpath went on Friday night. You're becoming quite the regular there. It's 
it's because my girlfriend loves it and uh, my girlfriend's sister was in town and it's just a nice place to sit. It oh, was yeah. a lovely night and I was just oh, like... I'd go there every day if I could. Oh, mate, it's so good. I mean, I could work next door, but... You could. Yeah. Um, bottle of rosé, sat on the canal, watched people try not to get knocked into the canal. Dream. Do you know I actually cycled past you when you were there? Did you? And I was going to slap you on the head, but it was too dark. Thing is, you probably would have gone in. That's the thing. You would have... Hugh granted it and like wobbled well, and then yeah. been, you'd have been in there. Yeah. It's my girlfriend thinks there. that, um, <laughs> my girlfriend thinks that on average, not even on average, just a stat, one person every week falls in the canal somewhere in London. Do you know what? I- which I think, which I think, and I'll put it to the listeners, I think's absolutely fucking ridiculous. What do you think? Wait, you think less or more? I think way less. No way. I reckon more. What? More. Really? I reckon more than one. But think about how many people cycle down that canal. You say, are you saying 52 people a year fall in the canal? Yeah. Easy, what? Easy, nah, nah. Easy. Nah. I've seen it happen. I've never seen it happen. You don't spend any time on the canal? Uh, I have not been doing anything else. Um, I have been cozying up to Netflix, watching a lot of TV, which is premature because it's not even winter yet. And it makes me feel a bit sad that I do that. But a lot of new pro- food programs coming back, which I quite enjoy. Okay. Do you want to talk about the cool food programs that make you look like you know about stuff or should we just talk about Bake Off for 10 minutes uh, I must admit I did start watching Bake Off this season yeah based on the fact that I made a concerted effort not to watch it previously and I thought you know what I'm not better than it I'm not better than Bake Off so I'm going to watch it I'm going to get involved and quite frankly sir I really enjoyed it both episodes Biscuit Week and Cake Week so you've not watched Bread Week yet no no Samuel I know well, now I can't talk about because I can't spoil us. That's fine. That's fine. Keep it broad, baby. I do like Bake Off. And it is back. I don't like it as much as on Channel 4 because I think the Mary Berry thing, because all the compilations I've seen of Mary Berry and how she reacts and stuff, I wish I kind of got involved in that that era. But uh, we saw Noel Fielding the other day. Yeah, we did. A massive canvas. On yeah. Kingston Road. Looking very Noel Fielding. Noel Fielding is one of those people who has not aged well, I don't think. Not aged well? No. He looks plastic, man. Bake- Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. It's- See, I think he's looked the same for about 20 years. Mm. And he must fine, be like fine. early 40s But now, Dolly right? Parton has also looked the same for about 20 years. <laughs> and like, it's the same argument, right? Okay. To be fair, I've looked the same for about 20 years. Yeah. I still do look 10 years old. Fair. I'm not that even is, 30 yet. That is fair. Uh, I think it's one of the most uh, successful shows that has had a big, like, uh, had to have a bit of a revamp right in the middle of it. I think the bake-off thing has worked because the American audience has been opened up to it and Americans love British shit and mm. it really serves that up on a plate. Like, it's the most British thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And so. it's also just good people doing doing something very harmless. Yeah. It's escapist, right? Yeah, if yeah. If you're really going to analyse it, it's like there is nothing more mind-numbing than sitting and watching people bake for an hour. There was a bit on this week's episode, which I'm going to find you the clip and we'll have to put it in the pod. Baking, not proving, coming up. So I think, I don't know what that's going to do to them. Probably something that Paul's going to hate. <laughs> yeah, they're not quite ready. That sounded like a wanker. As an editor, when you watch shows like that, you do think, oh, it's a real mammoth task for them to cut this. And actually, like, sometimes the editing's a bit shit on Bake Off. Yeah. Like, they, you can tell they're constructing sentences from other bits and pieces. Oh, yeah, it's, it's poor. Like, it's poor. They'll talk like this. Yeah. And the intonation is all wrong. Mm-hmm. You could, sometimes I think some of the stuff that they keep in 
they must keep in because they found it so funny yeah. when they were going through stuff. They were like, we have to just keep seeing because they know people yeah. will laugh at 100%. it. hundred percent. Because like, she doesn't come off well because she's just like, <laughs> yeah. that's the noise she makes. Yeah, it's so, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It is good. The edit on it is good. Yeah. In a, in a bad, in a, in a, just they're taking the piss. I love the idea of this like four editors in a room just like howling at it and just yeah. thinking, what can we push through? That is the lower end of the food scale in my eyes. Yeah. Talk to me about some, some good food shit. Chef show. Season, they've named it season one, volume two, which threw me a little bit because surely it's just season two. I love Chef Chef Show season one or fucking volume one or whatever it was. I thought it was like a real, it's like classic food TV, like mm. really mellow, really easy, like an, a simple. I think every time I try, every time I put it on, I always put it on as like a background thing. And then I get. No, I get weird because you have to watch. You have yeah, to watch you have to it. watch it. You can't just. It's listen not like to it. ba- it's background in the, in the nature of like. It's just easy yeah. and it's just relaxed, but it isn't doing something else because yeah. you literally miss everything that's yeah, happening. It's so annoying. Because really, even when they talk, they don't really talk about anything. There's an episode with um, uh, Robert Rodriguez, Sin City director, is in season one, mm-hmm. and he is an arse. He comes across as an arsehole. He comes across as like the epitome of like lived in LA for too long, believes your own hype for too long, hasn't really got any style or anything but he's just like very LA and he lives in his own little bubble and he comes across as a dick but you still kind of you're still completely engaged in it it's weird it's it's we- a weird show I don't know why it works it's odd uh, they've got Seth Rogen on episode one of the new of the hmm. new lot um, Gorilla Tacos which is an LA based ta- taco shop Skywalker Ranch yeah chef show absolutely lit yeah and uh, they're releasing another Dave Chang show as well on Netflix Breakfast, really? breakfast, lunch, and dinner—a new Dave Chang travel show, which is kind of like it's not like a season two ugly delicious, which they've also finished filming, but it's another show where he travels around different destinations with like a celebrity, basically. What's the future for those sort of shows? Do you think? Well, do you know what? It makes you think a lot about it because we're we're sort of in that world. We have a keen interest of like wanting to make that sort of shit. Really, well, I just made one. Exactly. You have plug shameless plug, um, and. I don't I don't know the answer because I I, I think that this they're very like celebrity led again now, which is like food food stuff was never this celebrity like five years ago. Not at all. And now it's completely celebrity. Like going back to Chef Show, they got Gwyneth Paltrow on it. Yeah. And it's like that is like as celebrity as it gets. And it's like this that's weird. So I don't really know there are shows like Mind of a Chef, which Featured Danny Bowen in the, I think, still the most recent series, but um, it's quite old that now, isn't it? Actually, mind it was of quite sh- ahead of its time. Mind of a Chef, yeah, especially the Danny Bowen one because it was edited so well and mm. it was like put together amazingly. But I think, yeah, it's about two years old. I don't know what the future is. It's weird. Like, you, if you look at actual chef documentary travel shows, people like Rick Stein or whatever that used to go around mm-hmm. the world, and then you look at when the first season of the Chef's Table came out, which is much more food foodie yeah. less less about the cult culture surrounding it's less places. About tech. Uh, do you know what like chef, chef when Rick Stein goes to Italy it, there's a lot about history and culture and yeah, it, okay. it's more of a of a overarching view and then he obviously does some food stuff as well. With Chef's Table I feel like they really went hard on the food stuff in the first season and now you have those shows like Somebody Feed Phil yeah. where they where they sort of take Somebody that doesn't really know anything about food, and then they get them people to inform them about food. It's, it's kind of a of a. I don't know where it goes because I feel like there's so many food programs that do a lot of different things and doing well. To be fair, like Dave Chang does a lot of like culture and cuisine stuff. Like he loves that whole conversation about 
culturally where does that lead food and what does that mean for food and overlaps and all that sort of mm. stuff and then like you say like Phil Rosenthal somebody, somebody feed Phil is like this bumble, or perceived to be bumbling idiot who's like rolling around the world who's just like happy and smiling and whatever it's like that Mark I think it's Mark Wayne's guy on YouTube right He's just like super smiley, this like travel vlogger guy. Do you feel like you you you're missing anything from food TV or food uh, or food content generally? Not really, but I do think I should broaden my depth of knowledge of it. Like the thing is as well, because of YouTube, there are so many things on YouTube. Yeah, you know whether it's like from like the Bon Appetit stuff that we watch, mm-hmm. which is very lighthearted, very very American. Yeah, very American, but really good. Mm-hmm. And that's that, and that's things that are seventeen minutes long that only need to be four minutes long. Yeah, they just long it out. Yeah, but that's because you just sort of have it on in the background or whatever. That that is background TV. Yeah, that is yeah. And then the other end of the spectrum where you where you have well, I think Chef's Table. To be honest, I think Chef's Table is getting more and more irrelevant as time goes on. I think it also aged quite quickly. Yeah, and now I think people don't want the glossy food stuff. They do want the ho- well without plugging it too much. We just made this pilot for this series called mm-hmm. Cornerstones, which is basically about uh, foods from all over the world that have become really popular in Western society, but that have been around for years and years and years. So the first pilot's about hummus. There's tacos. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a pad thai episode. We're gonna, like you know, that's the the general mm-hmm. pitch going forwards. Um, but we made a pilot, and we were we were talking to some friends of ours in America that had some contacts at like contacts at the big uh, networks. And their main feedback was that it had to be host-led because ours is all led by just interviews with real people. Oh, and they said, nah, the thing, the trend is host-led stuff. Interesting. So maybe that's just where things are going to go, like your, your ugly deliciouses. But you know your... what? I wonder if that tipping point is happening, though. Because I, mm. trends don't last long no, at, true. Like, at all. And I wonder whether or not the host-led thing ends soonish. After these like second and third ugly delicious seasons happen and all this stuff happens, and I wonder what the next thing is. Maybe the next thing is a ten million dollars budgeted ten episode series of two young guys from London fumbling their way through the culinary world. Friday afternoon, we're outside Good Friend Chicken. Good Friend. Do you know about this place? Good Friend, yeah, I went there with Will. Oh. When we went on our Chinatown tour. Oh, oh all right. For you. Sloppy fucking seconds. Come on. Perfect. We're not going Good Friend first, are we? I want some, uh, I want some dumplings. Me too. I want some, I want a cold beer. Me too. And I also want some sort of noodle situation. Okay. Two men there looking at the young Thai model sign not in the doorway. Ironic. Not ironically at all. Genuinely like he was buying a sort of TV or, or a fridge or something. Absolutely bizarre. Feels good to be on a new section, restaurant section hype again. Yeah, it was nice to just uh, go for a bite to eat. We went to Chinatown. We ventured to Chinatown. Gerrard Street, to be precise. Friday afternoon. It was warm in London town. Beautiful in London. theme, actually. It's good. Very good. Um, bounced down to Chinatown, which I really like. We've been talking about going to Chinatown for an ep for ages. For ages, yeah. And it never seems like the right time because it's in town. Mm-hmm. It's full of tourists. It's full of tourists, but no, it's just full of tourists, yeah. Yeah, and that's why you avoid it because you're like, I don't want to meander my way through 
swathes of people taking a picture yeah, of it a takes really a long average time to get down that white street. man with dreadlocks playing guitar do you know what I mean <laughs> stop it this fucking terrifying yeah, but he's, he's so funny he is dressed as the clown from it but he's smoking a cigarette he's got his airpods in the thing with Chinatown is that if you don't know where you're going mm-hmm. like us yes it's quite an overwhelming uh breadth of choice yeah we had this conversation with the food and Lycra girls a few episodes ago about how we had no idea about what was good and what was bad because we don't really frequent the area and also everything without meaning any disrespect kind of looks the same from the outside like we, I, I can't tell what looks good and what looks bad because i'm just not really au fait with how it's supposed to look yeah i agree so it's like how do you how do you, you know how do you work out what's what but we went down hedged our bets we wanted dumplings. Yeah, we were both in the mood for dumplings. It was very much a sunny Friday, couple of beers, yeah. snacky snacky, not a not a big meal. It was a graze. Yeah. It was a grazing afternoon. Yeah. Long's legend. Let's go in here. Halong bao. Big halong bao. Let's do it. Oh, there is no atmosphere. Do you think they're going to front load it? Do you think they're going to front load us? I'm going to front so it looks really busy. Probably. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll take that. We went to Leung's Legend first, which was, again, relatively nondescript. Uh, it was absolutely dead. I actually think, also, the other reason we went to Chinatown was because we thought it would be a massive vibe. An audio, it would sound absolutely lit. Yeah. It wasn't. It was not that. It was actually the complete opposite of that. Frankly, we should have just turned around and walked out. And then the signature dumplings. Mm-hmm. And then we want some noodles. What's the, what noodles would you recommend? Again, he could not be asked. His heart wasn't in it. Nah. Yeah, no. Do you know what? I felt like just saying to him, do you mean that? Or are you just pointing to the first thing you've got, like, locked eyes on? Yeah. Menu? Or if you want a sugar one, that's a better. So most people choose the stir fry or soup. I think I want stir fry. Stir fry. Stir fry, yeah? Yeah, the beef then, please. Yeah? Yeah, fine. That's it. Thank you for now. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thank you. Um, mm. Pretty glum. Mm? Pretty glum, man. I'd be It's hot outside. It's nice, though. I don't want you to be an idiot. No, it is absolutely pumping. <laughs> the service was absolutely shit. Yeah. The, do you know what? Your I, man serving us, he did no smile. He didn't know what I know. I think he? this week has the potential to be the first week where we aren't just absolutely raving about the restaurant section. Probably agree with that. Because you are right. The service left a lot to be desired. <laughs> Not that we needed to be waited on. Not that we're, you know. But, well, we, but we did need to be waited on because that is the job of a waiter. Yeah, we did actually want the food though. He just gestured in the sort of general direction. Yeah. We sat down. Next to four large plastic spears. 
three spears and a trident. <laughs> and it's like uh, when you're a kid and you got a Halloween costume of the devil. Yeah, there is that. And it's a pla- black plastic hollow tube uh-huh. with a silver trident bit on the top, but they're like they six foot long each. They do look quite accurate to that description. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And then the, the other ones have these red tassels on that remind me of the Wizard of Oz, where there's these weird soldiers. Do you know what? My jewellery phobia, this kind of like really crimp. It reminds me of school, not necessarily that, but the way it's been put together. Oh, right, okay. The way it's like stapled in and it's how do you feel about How do you feel about those displays where it's like a blue piece, like, little blue piece of cardboard stapled onto a board like and it's got the like yellow trim where they cut it in and <laughs> really like Yeah, I don't, like, I don't like that. Maybe that's where the phobia comes from. The piddly, because it's more fiddly things. Noodles came, they were average. You know, like when you like watch a film and they're eating noodles and there's like four stoners in the living room and they're mm. playing like video games and the girlfriend comes in she's mad at the one the, like her boyfriend because he hasn't left the flat in a while and he's invited his mates around and they're like grinding up weed and smoking bifters and drinking and he's like what's the problem baby and she's angry and he's got like Chinese takeout box on the table they were like the noodles in that box they were just like generic orange gre- really greasy noodles what's the problem baby the dumplings were also average yeah it wasn't amazing well, that was utterly devoid of atmosphere. Oh, it was, it was, we put the Chinatown in part for vibes, and that was absolutely not full of vibes. Somewhere that is such a vibe outside. Oh, it's pumping. The inside was... Hollow. Yeah, morbid, frankly. Very, very morbid. And not, and not helped by the fact that the waiter looked incredibly pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey Mouse there. In the meantime, so when we arrived in Chinatown, we actually messaged the Food and Lycra girls Mm -hmm. to remind ourselves of their recommendations. Four seasons for duck, but quite frankly, I I don't think I could do a duck. I wasn't hungry enough to do a duck. And I've been to Four Seasons before with our friend Will, and uh, it is very very good. Um, Joy King Lao for OG Dim Sum. And Hung's for wonton noodle soup. Uh, we went to Joy King Lao because, as we've already mentioned, we were on a dim sum hype. Yes, noodle soup was not, it was 24 degrees. It, it was, was not the one. No. We looped around Gerard Street, took a left, wrapped around, doubled back, and. Um, it's actually just off Leicester Square now, where we are. Yes. Next to the Leicester Square Theatre. You can see the McDonald's, Leicester Square, from, from where it is. So we didn't bother with the dumplings, we went to McDonald's. Yes, yeah, sacked it off. Spicy nugs. That's Absolutely not, not. Absolutely not. We went to Joy King Lao for dim sum. We did. I feel like I'm in a hotel conference room. It did have an atmosphere. Whether or not that was like the desired restaurant atmosphere, I don't know. But I just feel like that's, that's something you get in Chinatown. Well, I think it's just an odd situation when you walk in somewhere wanting it to feel like a hotel conference room. And then it does. And you think, ah, yeah, this I is the vibe ya, I've been coming for. Got ya. But a lot of pink, a lot of pink sort of flew up lights and uh, mirrors and uh, the front window had a lot of stickers on it. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of guides to that place. So we knew we were in the right place. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, back, off the back of off the back of Food and Lager's recommendation, they were they were vibing off the dumplings. Mm. So and we went there for them and they were they were better than the dumplings we had before. Yes. So we ordered uh, prawn, pork and chive. Mm hmm. The Shanghai style mm-hmm. and the chicken and Chinese mushroom siu mai. What were the Ch- Shanghai style? Uh, the bigger ones. 
You asked the lady how to no, pronounce. No, they weren't, they weren't Shanghai, Shanghai yes, they style. They were. They were the. Oh, yeah. What were the ones with the, like, the. The little peon? Yes. The chicken and Chinese mushroom sumai. Oh, uh, okay. Which you asked her how to pronounce. Yes. She barks it back, back at you. Again, the service in here left a lot to be desired. She at one point she brought some dishes over and there was plenty of room on the table. We we're on a four top and there was two of us, loads of room, and she just saw the recorder on the table and just sort of she she waved shooed it. it like a mouse. She did. She shooed it away. I would rate the dumplings at a six out of ten. Probably agree. I wasn't that impressed, and it got me thinking actually about uh, an issue that I think we've sort of spoken about before. In, of the idea of like authenticity and mm-hmm. the real thing, as it were, where actually I end up, you know, somewhere like My Neighbours of Dumplings in Clapton, which is very much a new wave, mm-hmm. trendy, yeah. in air quotes, yeah. London restaurant. Personally, I think the dumplings there are way, way better than arguably the real thing. Such a hard thing, this, though. It's such yeah, a hard conversation. It's like when you go to like, somewhere like Padella or fucking Gloria or Luca for pasta and then you go to we've had this conversation numerous times on the pod and then you go to Italy and the pasta is not as good and you're like mm. huh, what's the fuss about going to Italy because it's just better here so all in all all in all all in all Chinatown an absolute hoot generally as an afternoon 25 degrees wandering around just fucking you know do you know what just thankful to be alive and be happy and be with my mate and be fit and healthy and be able to do that shit. That's the vibe I get in Chinatown when it's like that. Nice weather and it's fucking enjoyable. I like that. I like your positive attitude. But let's be real. Restaurants distinctly average. <laughs> yeah. Check. Yeah. I agree. It, it, but it, but on, on 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 a positive spin, it did make me more enthusiastic to go back to Chinatown more regularly and try some more spots and find the gems that you like. Do you know what I thought when I came away from that from that afternoon? I thought we should do like a monthly Chinatown visit with yeah, maybe. with mates, mm. group of us, mm. go try a new place every time and get around it and just read and go and get a bit drunk, go late night. Because again, right, we went around the wrong time of the day, I think. Because yeah, who's eating Chinese food at exactly, three in the right? afternoon? Yeah. I want to be there at like midnight and I want to be a bit pissed and I want to be just having a good time. The table's really messy, you've ordered too much food, there's mustard flying around, there's chicken flying around, duck flying around. Chinatown Club, the set meals. Every person Chinatown that listens Club. to set meals can come, come to Chinatown with us. We can do the set Table meals. Table for 11, please. All right, that's our first negative review. Sort of negative. Our, our first neutral review. Yes, I would say the negativity that we encountered, mm-hmm. read the food specifically, is counterbalanced mm-hmm. by the general positive life theme that mm-hmm. we found ourselves feeling when we went to the pub and had a few more pints afterwards. That's it. Go and check out Leung's Legend and tell us we're wrong. On the fact that these are supposed to be recommendations, I would say that if you are in Chinatown mm-hmm. and you want to go and have dim sum, do go to Joy King Lao because it was a good. It was a yeah. It was, yeah, a, yeah, it was yeah. a good experience. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Set Meals. Yeah. We'll be back next week. We've only got. We've only got after this one three eps left of season two. Oh yeah. And we are ripping through season two. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Uh, thank you for listening to Set Meals. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. At Set Meals Podcast. 
and we will be back next Thursday. See you then. 